0: Welcome to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear, and I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I'm so glad you could tune in to Shellyville and listen to a little bit about the information I'm going to share. Um, Because I am a licensed professional counselor, and I've been doing this now for the last 11 years, I took a little break just for a couple weeks. I don't know if you even noticed, but thanks for those people that are my new um, tuner-ins. What do we call that?
1: (laughs) Uh, We we refer to them as uh, subscribers, actually. Fans of the show, subscribers. Um, Our favorite people in the world is basically what what they're referred to as.
0: All right. Excellent. Well, thank you. And today I have my wonderful editor, Justin, is here with me today. And I'm so glad because taking a break from... Shellyville has been a really needed thing for my own mental health but obviously when I've been away from the technical part coming back into my office and setting this all up has been a challenge so I'm so grateful to Justin and he's allowed me to just be here and be in my space and help me get through and today I didn't,
1: I didn't even feel the need to correct you when you set up the interface upside down but that's <laughs> totally fine and we worked through it and it's, uh, it's all good.
0: Hey I got at least all the cords out right.
1: That is (laughs) That is true.
0: I mean, I set up at least the cords. Come on. I put the power button on. (laughs) It's been a challenge. And that's what life is. It's just a big challenge. So today I want to talk a little bit about this program that means a lot to me because as a therapist, I'm also looking for inspiration and I'm looking for things that inspire me to help me feel like I'm doing a really good job as a therapist. And just as a human being in general, I like to get good information. So recently I found myself um, looking up seminars in the area that I could attend to get a little bit um, uh, just a continuing education is kind of how this started. So I really got lucky because I came across this seminar called, it was for, um, it was really just this fall. I don't know, the actual name of it is, um, it was the to, Simple Steps to Recognize Depression and Prevent Suicide. Sounded really easy, sounded like something I would be interested in. I got really lucky. What was really cool about it is that it was hosted at the Meyer Gardens, and if you're not familiar with Grand Rapids, the Meyer Gardens is just this incredible, beautiful garden area that uh, the Meyer company has developed, and it's just beautiful. So the, the seminar was there, so I didn't even know that that would include going to see all the other gardens that were there. So it really turned out to be a really cool place to have a seminar. But when I walked in, it was just decorated with like these beautiful flowers on the table in China. And I haven't been to a seminar or a continuing education program in a really long time because of COVID. So it was like walking into like a wedding reception. It just felt so fancy. And I really kind of felt a little bit out of place because in Grand Rapids, I know nobody here in the mental health community. But come to find out, this really wasn't even for the mental health community. This was actually for medical doctors. This was a seminar that was based for nurses and people in the medical field that might run into a teenage client. So the whole point of this seminar was to talk about educating adults on how to recognize depression and how to prevent suicide in today's younger population. So I thought that was just really cool. That was right up my alley. Like I definitely wanted to go and see this. And one of the things that stood out the most to me was the statement that suicide is not chosen. It happens when pain exceeds the resources for coping with the pain. And I thought, you're right. I wouldn't just wake up and choose to kill myself. I'm I'm trying to reduce my pain level. I'm trying to get out of the pain that I feel. And so I really wanted to talk about that because as we go into the fall, this becomes the really busy season for me as a therapist. And and obviously eleven years, I I know what I'm saying here. Like my business tripled in one week. It's like I had a really low week, and then the next week everybody called and wanted to get back on my schedule. So in the fall there's always this big fear that depression is going to come, like we're, the, the darker long days, you know, just, I don't know, there's something about kids even going back to school, and just the, the stress of our life right now at this time of year Really increases for a lot of people who suffer from depression, not only just seasonal depression, but depression in general. But this whole seminar was based on the life of a teenager and what it's like to be a teenager suffering. And so I just found this seminar incredible because they did this movie called Be Nice, and you can find it on YouTube. Like it's a real thing. And it's actually, they use students from Granville High School, which is not very far from here. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but. A little high school around here, they got these four actors. So this whole movie was just phenomenal to me because it's four different teenagers with four different life experiences, and all four of them want to kill themselves. Interesting. Oh, my God. It was incredible. Incredible. So the first one was a teen athlete, and he gets hurt and can't play in the field anymore. So there's... You know, And he shuts down. He shuts down, becomes quiet, doesn't get out of his room. He's mad and angry because he's hurt and can't be part of the team anymore. So his parents don't recognize he's depressed, but his coach does. Mm-hmm. So that's one area. Second teen was a teenage boy who got broke up with his girlfriend. And after he breaks up with his girlfriend, he starts drinking really heavy and becomes very angry and mean nobody stops him but he his friend is like his friend calls his dad and says hey dad my friend needs help like he's drinking too much so then that parent shows up and helps this kid so that's the two the third girl was her mother was an alcoholic and she's trying to study for school she's trying to you know do well in school but the mom's not there like the mom is checked out So this girl is under so much stress, and she's supposed to be in school for a timed exam. I think it was like one of those college exams, the thing. And the mom's not there to take her to the test, and she misses it. Mm. And this girl is devastated, so she wants to kill herself. So she reaches out, and she finds a poster on the wall at school that says, if you're feeling suicidal, call 988. Because that's a new suicide hot line. So that girl reaches out through herself. She's the only one that that reaches out by herself. Then the fourth girl is this poor girl who has a speech impediment, and she's bullied. Like everybody in the classroom are assholes. Mm-hmm. Like they're just rotten people to her. And so um, she has to get up and present in front of the class. And someone takes her speech. So she's up there stuttering. She's just extremely bullied. And of course, nowadays, like in my school, I didn't have cell phones that you could videotape that. Yeah. Well, they videotaped it and then they made it popular. Hmm. So here's this poor kid who has already suffering and then they make fun of her for it. So she wants to kill herself, which is complete. I mean, I cannot believe, first of all, that I didn't ball out crying during watching the show. It was so well done, this movie. But the whole point of it was that in all of those situations, and everyone had a reason to be hurt, everyone was feeling pain, their parents were not the ones that recognized it. And so it just got me thinking about how much do we miss in our own life when someone's suffering from depression or pain? Like, we miss that. So, what really made the movie so interesting is that, and why they have this program. It's called Be Nice. It's a, it's a national program. It started here, I think in Grand Rapids, but actually it's pretty nationwide. But it's, they're now starting to use it in a lot of high schools and it's called You Be Nice. And it's basically, You notice when someone is depressed. You get involved. You talk to them. You ask them what their needs are. The I is you invite them into the conversation. Like you invite yourself into that person's world. Like, I see that you are hurting right now. Mm -hmm. I see that you're acting out. I see that you're not attending classes. I see that you're bullied. Like, whatever it is that you're seeing, you notice it and you pay attention to it. The C is you challenge the conversation. You literally ask, are you feeling like hurting yourself right now? Are you feeling suicidal? And, and then the last one, the E, is to empower, is to provide resources, to give that person who is feeling suicidal – a resource, call 911, get on hold of a therapist, call your medical doctor, get in front of a professional. So this whole Be Nice program is designed to get the adults involved in these kids lives to see it. So it's like the librarian, the teachers, the coaches, the people that are there that are actually paying attention. But what killed me the most on this entire thing is that the parents were so freaking clueless. Like, drove me insane. Like, watching it was just so hard for me, as not only as a parent because of what I've dealt with my own son and Jackson's story, you can go back and listen to it, but just knowing that so many people struggle with this thought of not feeling good enough, not feeling loved, not being seen, not being heard. So as we get into this depressive state of living in Michigan because our son goes away and it becomes very dark and hard to live here, We also suffer from our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, things that happen to us, things that are outside of our control. And so I really want to talk a little bit about to ask someone if they feel like they're suicidal is not encouraging them to kill themselves. Like that has to be really spoken There are risks involved with asking someone if they are suicidal, obviously, because what if they come back with the answer yes? How are you going to respond? How are you going to help someone when they come back with Mm -hmm. the answer yes? I mean, have you ever been in this situation where someone says, I do feel like hurting myself or I do feel suicidal?
1: I've been in the vicinity. Right. Mm -hmm. So
0: you know it's kind of an emergency it's like a 911 moment. Yeah, definitely. It, it really it, it becomes a very important moment to say, "Listen, I need to do something for this person right here right now."
1: So, let me ask you this. If that is the case and you, you are asking those questions and that comes up and you ask somebody, "Do you feel like you're going to harm yourself? Do you feel like you're going to do you feel like you're going to commit suicide?" and what and they say yes, like what is the pro- what is the appropriate response?
0: The appropriate response is, well, first of all, you have to ask, is that something you're going to do right now, or is that something you're thinking about in the future? Because if it's right now, then there's a completely different form of emergency things. Then I would say, okay, let's get to, let's either call the cops, let's call mm-hmm. police, let's get you to an emergency, let's call 911, mm-hmm. let's, let's get you an emergency reaction. okay, Like, it's emergency. Now, if they say... No, I don't really want to kill myself right now, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Well, have you reached out to 988? Have you called the suicidal Mm -hmm. hotline? Have you called a hotline? Have you spoken to someone who can prevent suicide? Mm -hmm. Because those two things are the actions. Like those are the bottom line. That's the action. But there's also the third one. Let's just sit and talk about it. What Mm -hmm. is about killing yourself? What is it about this pain? What is it about how you're feeling right now that you feel like you can't get through it or that it's not going to end or that it's not like that's the solution? Because sometimes just talking about it, that person does not want to die. Literally, that person wants to get out of the situation they're in. And so it's so important to know the difference between the two of those. But quite honestly, we're not responsible for other people. Like if someone came to me and said, I really want to go kill myself, I'm not going to be the one that's going to stop them. I'm going to be the one that helps them get the resources, but they're going to stop themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's so important to notice the difference because we can't do it for everyone else. Like really, we have freedom of choice for a reason and we have to honor that and respect that, but we can listen. I can say, wow, that really sounds tough right now or I hate to see you in this position. And I'll be honest, as a therapist, when my clients say that to me, I have cried with my clients. I have cried and carried their pain with them in that moment And I, I, you know, like we also do like the suicide contract. Okay, who are you going to call when you get off the phone with me? Who are you going to call next? Are you going to call 911? Are you going to get to the hospital? Like if they're capable of driving themselves... I usually have them take themselves. But if there's a family member, please have someone drive you. Like, it's okay to be driven to the hospital. But I know in in some cases we're so alone and we're so ashamed we go by ourselves. And that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. Like, any way you can get a resource is a way to get a resource. And, And that's kind of what the whole Be Nice program is about. It's one, to recognize that someone is hurting. Two, it's to insert yourself and really start asking those questions. Three, it's about being compassionate and really challenging that person to see beyond themselves. And, you know, talking about suicide does not make someone suicidal. It's the lack of talking about it that makes someone question it to think it's okay, to think it's, it's not that big a deal. And so, you know, I know last time when we talked about depression and suicide, we talked about these famous people killing themselves and it's, it's, we don't talk about why, like how long were they sick? What brought that up? Was there a certain circumstances that made that more evident for themselves? Was there something going on that everybody missed? Like, it's okay to have that conversation. And It's not like we're going to solve the problem just by talking about it, but a lot of times it gives that problem air. And when there's more air around a problem, there's more chances for resources. There's more chances of looking and stepping back and saying, okay, my family would miss me. You know, this really would hurt my mom and dad. This really would hurt my siblings. They'd be thinking about me the rest of their lives, wondering what the hell they could have done for me. But then sometimes it's okay to be so selfish That you don't think about your parents. One of the other um, resources they say is give it 25 25 hours. So you told me today you feel like killing yourself. What if you distracted for the next 24 hours and then you thought about it again? Like wait 24 hours before you make any action. Because sometimes just waiting can dispute, like dispel some of the pain. Mm -hmm. You know, just taking that time between. So... For me in Shellyville, like I came up with my own analogy of what be nice was because, I mean, yes, I think the thing is we have to notice when people are depressed. Like, you know, after two weeks, if someone hasn't got out of bed or you noticed if they're angrier than they've been or they're more irritable or if they're crying more often, like how do you not notice that? someone you love is suffering like that's the first thing like pay attention to the people in your life and you should know but also be interested in the people that you love it doesn't take much to say hey how was your day or how did that speech go I mean watching that movie pissed me off in such a way because none of those parents ever checked in with their kids like oh my gosh how can your kids go to high school and you not check in there's so much going on Mm -hmm. like there's sex in the parking lot people like how do you not know what's going on in high school it's like oh my god if i had a high school kid right now it'd be
1: insane
0: (laughs) (laughs) it'd just be so tough (laughs) and you have little kids Mm -hmm. so again you still have to check in with your little kids like just find out But I mean, again, the C would be the compassion, to be kind, to be comfort and care and and really just show that, that piece that you're human, that you're connecting. I mean, the C is connection. It's all about connecting to that person and trying to get to a really good relationship. And then the E would be educate the person that's suicidal. Educate yourself like, hey, what can we do about it right now? Like you asked that question. The first thing to do is call 911. Get in front of help or in a lot of cases you can just either get to 911 or get to a therapist get to a, a medical doctor but you want someone who's pretty powerful to intervene you know as a therapist i can't do it i, I always send people to the hospital like 9 he, the er 911 go mm-hmm. like that is it there's no other choice
1: have you ever uh, have you ever driven one of your patients or can you not say
0: I, I I personally have never driven a client, but I have a funny story about. Oh, oh my God, okay. no! But <laughs> I have a story where I went to the hospital with the client once, and yeah, it's not recommended. Yeah, <laughs> it's not recommended. So I try not to. I avoid that, but you know what? I probably would. Hey, if I was the last source and I literally knew that that person had nobody else, hell yeah, I'm showing up. All right. But I, yeah. I'm showing up, but I haven't. So I'm just saying, and okay, Grand Rapids, let's keep it that way. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not making the service available.
1: <laughs> Shelley's taxicab.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's enough that I got to sit with the pain. I don't want to sit with the driver and drive around either. But if I had to, I understand. Like, I mean, family members, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that I haven't spoken a lot about is Jackson's suicidal attempts Mm. so as a child when Jackson was young um, he tried to kill himself a couple times but one of the times that I witnessed he actually ran out in front of a couple cars right in front of me and that moment broke me like to literally see someone actively kill themselves it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever experienced as a human being. And um, what makes life crazy is that even though I was there and I had called 911, he did it in any ways. He did it before the police came. He did it before the ambulance came. So I might be saying, hey, call 911 and call 988 and do all this shit. But let me tell you, reality is you might not have time. Like, let's be honest, you just might not have time. So when Jackson did that in front of me, I mean, two things, like I broke, my soul broke, but also this this incredible moment of like time stood still, Like, like, like he didn't die, like the car hit him and the car stopped, but my kid didn't die from it like he just hung on to this hood of this car and it was oh it was all I could do to just keep myself together I'm sure I went in instant shock but we pulled him off the car he was alive the ambulance showed up the cop showed up I said hey listen this is an active suicidal scene I mean that's kind of what it is mm-hmm. it was I was right in the middle of it and uh, he got I mean they took him to the hospital. I, I don't know how I didn't get to the hospital because I think they made me drive, which was so mean. Was so mean. They would not let
1: you ride in the ambulance? No, oh, they man. didn't.
0: Man, yeah. I swear. I've, I've been through some stuff. Like, I can't even believe that I didn't get an ambulance. But, anyways, they took Jackson and then he went and he was fine. And, you know, the thing is, that's just what this is about. Like, you do what you can. And there was help available, but. I still couldn't stop that impulse control. And when you see someone who hurts themselves in such a way that they do, like he just, it was so fast. There was no stopping it. There was, I don't, mm. So even though nothing bad happened to Jackson and, and we got through it, every year at this time, this just recently, this is the anniversary, I suffer. Like, And that's why this episode today was so important to me, because anniversaries mean something. It means something when things come up and we remember them. It means something that we've gotten through it. We've gotten past it. But man, I was broken, and so was my son. And to recover from a broken place and to walk away from it later, years later, like we're talking, it's been 10 years now, I still struggle with it. Like, I still struggle with the fact that someone I love so much was in that much pain. And so my goal as a therapist is to help people through that pain. My goal as a human being is to save lives. And if that's what Shellyville was created for, then that's what Shellyville was created for. I don't even know. Like, it. there's something about this message today that just means so much to me. And I... I know it's hard to hear. I know it's hard to listen to. I know it's incredible to believe that we can recover from such dark places, but we can. We're so resilient as human beings. And I just really wanted to get this message out that there's people that care. There's people that love you. And it's all of our responsibility to pay attention to the people in our lives that we love. Because at any time, at any, at any moment, we could be needing 911. Like, we, you know, we can. And so um, that's why it was so important for me today. And I really appreciate everybody stopping in at Shellyville. Thank you so much for being a part of this program with me. Um, To my subscribers, now that I know that that's who you are. (laughs) I'll say it properly. (laughs) I'll say it right. But I really do appreciate everyone who has joined in and and sent me messages and given me great feedback. I do appreciate you all. Again, you can reach me at ShellyvillePod at gmail.com. And I really appreciate um, listening, you know, tuning in and listening to me. So you guys have a great day. Thank you.